am your host, Leah Sarapier, and welcome to my podcast, Peer Med. I'm a Canadian medical student, human rights, global health, and social justice advocate, and just an ordinary human being. Peer Med's podcast is not affiliated nor part of any organization or foundation. Peer Med's mission is serving humanity, connecting people, stories, and places. It is a platform that gives a voice to the voiceless, an ear to the helpless, and seeks to empower youth, physicians, and leaders far and wide. On our last episode, I spoke to Tonya Michelle Contant. As the youth president of the Azorian Community Center of Quebec, she has always been involved in community development. She is an advocate for women empowerment and female leadership. Ms. Contant has been the driving force behind a number of initiatives for young female professionals. She beautifully spoke about the issues and challenges women face, as well as how to approach cultural norms undermining women's place in medicine and society. If you haven't listened to the excellent discussion of episode 10, please do so. And if you have, do send in your feedback. This podcast is about connecting us both and making our interactions as speaker and listener more meaningful. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to Helping Hands McGill. They are a student-led initiative in Montreal started by McGill Medical Students that aims to help women from vulnerable backgrounds. These include homelessness, asylum seekers, and those that have recently immigrated into the country. Helping Hands provides women with feminine hygiene kits containing care supplies, and they've distributed over 500 kits to women in Montreal via multiple partners, which include CLSC Park Extension and the Chronic Viral Illness Service. With me, I have Renuka, Nardin, and Dean an interesting group of medical students who will be informing us about the work they've dedicated themselves to in the past couple months. Renuka Sivanathan is a MedP representative of Helping Hands McGill, who was drawn to the club by her desire to expand her knowledge of the inequalities faced by vulnerable populations. Over the course of her volunteer work with Helping Hands McGill, she has provided women with basic necessities to alleviate their daily stresses as much as possible. Fun fact about Renuka, she loves yoga and teaches children yoga and meditation during summer camps. Another team member is Nardin Farag, who is drawn to the club because of the opportunity to help vulnerable populations in a very direct manner within her city. It was an occasion for her to learn more about health inequities that exist so close to home and to be able to make a real change in the lives of women living in precarious situations. Fun fact about Nardin, she's milked a cow. Third member with us today is Dean Nutzios, who is a first-year medical student. He is the Vice President of Community Resources for Helping Hands McGill, who joined the initiative because he was interested in providing direct support to vulnerable populations. Supporting these organizations, he says, complemented his medical education in the sense that it allowed him to learn more about inequities existing while also raising awareness about the different disparities within our community. Fun fact about Dean, he's Greek, but he doesn't like olives or feta cheese. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Renuka, Nardin, and Dean. What is Helping Hands and why did you guys decide to start this initiative? 
Well, we are a medical student-run club at McGill University that provides feminine hygiene kits to vulnerable populations of women within Montreal. We currently donate kits to three organizations, which are the Native Women's Shelter, CLSC Park Extension, and the Chronic Viral Illness Services at the Glen. The kits are created to provide basic health necessities to these women. And our club was founded after the realization that many women in difficult socioeconomic situations must decide between basic necessities for their own livelihood, such as food and medicine, and health necessities, such as sanitary pads. So Helping Hands was founded with the goal of putting an end to this dilemma. Our club currently consists of 10 different executive members who are students from different years of medical school. Each member brings their own skill set to this club, and it's really just a great opportunity to unite medical students and make a real change. That's, that's really beautiful, uh, the way that you put that, and to see you guys actually tackling the issue of sanitary products and sanitary hygiene is, is phenomenal. So why did you guys decide to help out these vulnerable women? Yeah, so um, I, I, I know I'm speaking for myself, but I'm, I'm sure it goes for a lot of people in this group too, is that um, while well, I joined Helping Hands not having much experience personally in working with um, disadvantaged local communities, especially women, it was kind of a new opportunity for me to understand like the difficulties the specific population deals with, um, notably the difficulty of having to choose between sanitary items like hand soap or versus like other basic life necessities such as food for them or even their children. And these are things that we don't even realize that um, other decisions other people need to make every day. Uh, and it makes us realize that the small things that we may, like, we may take for granted, such as even like our toothbrushes or hand soap are foregone in communities, even right around where we live or in the neighborhood right next to us, you know, for more other necessary items. So our organization focuses on women specifically because there's a disparity between male and female vulnerable populations, notably in the homeless as well. Um, the classical stereotype um, in Canada has always been of a homeless, of a male homeless person. And although they constitute the majority of homeless people, women experience different types of issues which are often overlooked, making them kind of the invisible homeless population. And some of these issues could be um, are include like menstruation, unsafe spaces in the streets where they face higher rates of physical, uh, sexual and emotional abuse than women who are housed. Uh, these women are also living with mental illness at much higher rates than the general population. And they will also face more barriers to employment than men. And lastly, um, women are also victims of intimate partner violence, which is a frequent cause of homelessness. And the female populations we serve are actually quite diverse. So we're serving the native women shelter, immigrants and other re and refugees as well that we see at the chronic viral uh, infectious service, each of which have different circumstances they must deal with in their everyday lives. Some of these women are single mothers. Some have experienced domestic violence or uh, like I mentioned, living with chronic illness that affects their ability to work, live normal lives. And by providing these kits, we hope that we're alleviating some of their need to choose between the personal hygiene items and other basic necessities. And with the kids, we're also reinforcing the importance of caring for oneself just as much as they would care for their loved ones. And so you guys have really gone into these different communities to uh, take into consideration not only the socioeconomic changes or the challenges that they face, but also the cultural 
type of, of uh, background that these women find themselves in. So how does such an initiative, such as Helping Hands, uh, relate to medicine? So I think that being part of Helping Hands uh, plays an important role in shaping us not only as human being, but as well as future physicians. Uh, personally, Helping Hands has allowed me to learn more about health inequities around the vulnerable population we're helping. And moreover, physicians play an important role in advocating for their patients. And I think that as medical students and raising awareness amongst the student population, as well as within Montreal, that says a lot about our commitment to the society. Moreover, providing kits to the vulnerable women of Montreal is complementary to what a physician does in a clinic and gives a holistic care to the patient. Uh, by doing so, so by giving kits, we're, we do not only target the pathologies and ailments, but also the socioeconomic situation of those women. Finally, uh, while our executive team is only composed of medical students, so we are from different years, ranging from pre-med to mid-four, we also work with nurses and doctors in the CLSCs, and our kit assembly events are open to everyone who is interested in helping. Uh, so this is an example of interdisciplinary teamwork that reflects what medicine is about as well. That's really beautiful to see that this student-led initiative is tackling issues prevalent in society, but that it's taking into consideration how important collaboration, teamwork, and effort is if we want to really eradicate or lessen problems affecting um, our communities. So how did you guys come up to raise funds to make these kits, and what do these kits contain? So in order to raise the funds necessary to make the kits, we applied to large funds through McGill as well as other organizations, including SPCI McGill, SSMU, QMA, and CFMS. And securing these large funds is critical to the achievement of our project and the making of these kits, which are so essential. The kits consist of a reusable bag, which holds 10 to 15 basic health-related items. The items can range from, for example, sanitary napkins, deodorant, soap, condoms, toothpaste, hand lotion, and shampoo. In making these kits, one of our main goals is to strive to provide the women with items that they truly need and not items which we think they need based on our own opinions. And in order to accomplish this, we depend on feedback from each organization. And currently, each organization is receiving a different set of items based on population survey results. For example, one of the items that we sometimes include is hand cream, which, in a set, which is an essential product for immunocompromised patients as their immune system is not strong enough to fend off infections that penetrate through cracked skin. However, at the same time, hand cream may not be an essential item for other populations. I like that it's being catered to each of these individuals and that you're going on a need by basis. Um, so what do the shelters offer women who seek refuge? Yep, so there are uh, quite a few shelters in Montreal, I think about 10 or 11, um, specifically for women that help them in different ways. Uh, the one we're currently partnered with is the Native Women's Shelter. So the Native Women's Shelter acts as a temporary home that the woman can stay with, uh, stay at for up to three months, um, providing support for the Native woman and also their children, um, who as a whole are experiencing difficulty. 
And along with providing a basic needs of shelter through, I think, uh, 13 private rooms they have, um, they provide clothes, uh, food, um, hygiene services, and they also provide in-house programs, outreach programs, as well as 20 workshops a month, ranging, uh, ranging from art therapy to even traditional teachings. And the service um, at the Native Women's Shelter is aimed um, mainly at helping in the healing process of women and assisting them in reestablishing a balanced lifestyle for them and their families. So besides education, uh, these shelters provide safe spaces for many of these women who've been victims of violence, abuse, and other injustices. Mm -hmm. And in the overall process, it contributes to their healing overall. Um, so how has COVID-19 exacerbated the situation in women's shelters or made it worse? Uh, so as Dean alluded to earlier, so shelters offer a home for women who are homeless or live difficult situations at home and need a, a, safe, space, a safe place to stay in. So COVID-19 has been particularly difficult since the people need to stay out of the streets. And for some people, the streets are home. So therefore, there are more people seeking a shelter. Moreover, a lot of volunteers cannot help the shelters as much as they used to due to the regulations uh, in place at the moment. And there's an increased need of staff as well as cleaning procedures in the shelters that require both funds as well as more um, staff. So a lot of the money that helps the shelters of Montreal come from donations. And due to the pandemic, a lot of these funds are not coming through due to the difficult economic situation. Therefore, all of these factors have greatly exacerbated the pressure of the on the shelters. Women are also at more risk of facing food insecurity during this pandemic, uh, since the fresh food is not being, de being delivered as usual to the shelters. So while the, key, while the kits are not needed at the moment, uh, the shelters are very much in need of money because of needs expansion that I mentioned before, such as uh, fresh food requirements or protection products such as masks and hand sanitizer. Something I particularly like about Helping Hands McGill was that you probably already had these uh, collaborations or these um, relationships with these different shelters. And so once the pandemic hit us, COVID-19, uh, came upon us, the situation got predominantly worse. And when you already have such a strong uh, network or communication going on with an, with the shelter, they're more likely to trust and rely on you to provide them with aid and, and help out. So to see how you guys have rose up to the duty to serve the shelters in Montreal, whether it be the Native Women's Shelter or shelters in Park X, um, I think it's it's really great of you for a student-led initiative to be doing so. Um, could you guys tell me what the COVID relief fund was? Well, as you said, with the onset of COVID-19, due to risks of contamination and transmission of the virus, our club ceased the distribution of our usual hygiene kits. However, after contacting our organizations and asking what else we could do to help, we are informed of the growing need for monetary donations in light of COVID-19. Uh, as shelters have put in place various social distancing and hygiene measures, and they are also dealing with understaffing issues as well as additional expenses of gloves, masks, and disinfectants. So of course, their 
costs have increased. In order to aid their financial burden, we organized the COVID Relief Fund, which was an online fundraiser through GoFundMe. In addition, we reached out to other shelters who were evidently in need of donations as well. The COVID Relief Fund has helped four women shelters within Montreal, including Logifem, Women's Centre of Montreal, the Native Women's Shelter, and La Rue de Femme. And actually, our initial goal was raising $800, but due to an incredible, enthusiastic response from the community, we were able to meet this goal in only three days. And we actually ended our campaign last week with a final count of over $8,500 in donations, which was just so far beyond our expectations. That's really wonderful to hear that within three days, you mentioned um, the community came together and and as Montreal is so multicultural and diverse, um, to see this community effort and people helping out and wanting to help out and donate money is, is really um, inspiring. So how has this impact or this club had, um, what type of impact has it had on you? So uh, this club, Mainly, it's, it's allowed me to witness health and social inequality among the populations that live even in my own community. Um, and during my time in this uh, Club Helping Hands, I've learned how advocacy plays a large role in the lives of these vulnerable populations, even at any level. So, for example, like was mentioned before, uh, with our COVID relief fundraising, you know, started with a small goal of 800 and ended up raising over 8,500 in a small amount of time, which went directly to the shelters that needed the extra monetary funding as they're understaffed and facing unprecedented demand. Um, and this club has also taught me uh, the vital role of the healthcare team, so the overall team um, within the care of a patient. And within our club, we've been working closely with social workers who act as a direct liaison between the patient and resources or servicing uh, services include um, across Montreal. So these social workers are also the ones who provide us with direct feedback on our uh, kits so that we're continuously adapting our service to the populations we help. And in this, they provide a valuable knowledge base um, that medical students can learn from. Uh, Helping Hands, I would say, has also complemented my medical education at McGill as the, one of the main things our curriculum emphasizes is whole person longitudinal care, primary prevention, as well as alleviation of poverty as ways to improve the overall well-being of patients. And I've come to realize the daily items we use, like the soap, toothbrushes, razors, aren't readily available for other populations to buy. And these not having these can contribute to health inequities within our city. And being part of this organization also allowed me to work with other very motivated medical students in my cohort, as well as spread awareness to other medical students about our mandate. And by doing this, we can get other students participating in our kit building events, joining our executive team for upcoming years, and also spreading awareness about our fundraisers and future events. And what about Renuka and Nerdin? How has this uh, club impacted you? Did it maybe teach you guys something you probably were unaware of or um... Did you guys just see how prevalent it is in, in Canada, Montreal, who maybe a lot of people in developing nations think is a first world country? Uh, so I think that, uh, so personally, this club has had a great impact and very similar to Dean. I, I've witnessed uh, 
a lot of um, of uh, really the direct impact that we've had on the community. And I think that pre- speaking for myself, uh, I've seen a lot of, I, before uh, this year, I've seen inequities, but more at the global health level because uh, I had the opportunity to uh, go in other countries and witness and learn more about health inequities in other countries. And I think that what the club has taught me is uh, how health inequities are very present everywhere, even in our own communities. And it's important to always uh, not be judgmental and have an open ear and an open mind to everything that happens around us as well. That's beautiful. And um, what about you, Renuka? Well, I was drawn to this club by my own interest, I guess, to expand my own knowledge of the inequalities faced by these vulnerable populations within Montreal. And I'm glad by, you know, through our social media um, campaign and through our GoFundMe fundraiser that we were able to um, spread awareness about these inequalities to other people as well. And personally, I just love having the opportunity to alleviate the daily stressors that face many of these women. And how do we help as future physicians to be, to empower these women who've been subject to so much injustice? So there's certainly a number of things that we can do to help. Uh, So first of all, as a group of students, medical students, acknowledging and lending a helping hand to vulnerable women, I think that this is very empowering. And uh, people might have prejudice over women who seek shelter or might not be aware of the situation. So by publicly supporting this population as future physicians, people take the time to listen and change your point of view. Uh, Moreover, the kits that we offer are customized based on the feedback that we receive, as well as the population we're helping, uh, like Ranuka mentioned earlier. So being able to offer personal, uh, personalized kits says a lot about the communication that is happening between us, the healthcare centers, as well as, in, uh, as the women. So as future physicians, I think it would be important to have in our practice a list of shelters that we could give to the women seeking help, uh, whether for a safe space if they're facing conjugal violence, if they're facing food insecurity, or if they need a place to stay and sleep. It is important to keep in mind that those resources are not always readily available, especially if you don't know how that they exist or do not have the means to look for them. And it, also, it is also very important to acknowledge that physicians cannot do everything by themselves. Um, so thus, it is important to integrate a multidisciplinary team in the care of a patient and work closely with social worker, workers that will be able to provide more help in terms of housing to women. And finally, we should recognize that there is an economic burden to accessing healthcare, which makes it inaccessible for women who are already struggling financially. Uh, therefore, I think that being able to provide basic hygiene products is a step in the right is a step in the right direction, and something that we should be exploring in a variety of contexts. And so, how can how can everyone listening to this episode support the student-led uh, initiative? Well, they can start by following us on social media. We have both a Facebook and an Instagram page, and it would help them keep up to date with our initiatives. You could just find us by searching Helping Hands McGill. We post informational and educational content surrounding the vulnerable populations in Montreal. 
We currently also have a website under construction. However, you can follow us on Facebook to learn more about this. Um, you can also spread awareness about our page and our club by sharing our posts on your own social media. And importantly, we also host kit making events every one to two months, which we also advertise through our social media. So they'd have the opportunity to donate their own time by coming in and helping us make these kits. And finally, if you're interested in donating to our club, all of our contact information can be found on our Facebook page, or you can send us an email at helpinghandsmcgill at gmail.com. And what are future goals for Helping Hands after the pandemic or once COVID-19 is over? So because of COVID-19, we'd have, we'd ha we had to obviously um, stop our operations and our, and our kit building events. And if we, since all our kits were um, in storage where we keep them at McGill, we weren't able to make event, make a kits or distribute them either. And I don't think, and shelters were not uh, accepting kits or deliveries as well due to social distancing in the pandemic. So one of the first things, uh, one of the first goals um, that we want to realize after this pandemic is to resume kit assembly and our distribution activities, um, possibly modifying distribution depending on which shelters feel they are at a higher need after this pandemic. So uh, we're going to reach out to the shelters, assess what each of their individual needs are and see where we can prioritize or um, uh, allocate more distribution to. But ultimately, we'd like to, in the next year, uh, secure new sources of funding so we can hopefully incorporate a new shelter for the upcoming year. Thank you so much, Renuka, Nardin, and Dean, for representing your initiative, Helping Hands McGill, and for speaking with me here on PMED. It is always enlightening to see young people giving back to society and communities here at home, and it instills hope for a better tomorrow. Women and young girls are a vulnerable group of people, and empowering them with the resources they need to stay safe first is really powerful. I applaud you all for your initiative, and I thank you once again for joining me here today. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to like it and share it with your friends and family members. For further information, feel free to visit our website, The Peer Post, read our articles, and visit our merchandise at PeerMed. The links are available in the description. We here at PeerMed are ecstatic to bring you exciting new content, week in and week out. Don't forget to subscribe to stay updated. We cannot wait to see our new and familiar faces here back each episode. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe, stay healthy.